Marina Scorciani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Meet Us at Molly's. We wanted to take a little time today to discuss the overall, not concept of, but kind of just the... Hmm. How do I phrase this? The um, the sort of etiquette when it comes to shipping and social media and just we just kind of wanted to have a little conversation um, following the Brett and Casey news that's been developing in the past couple of episodes on Chicago Fire. So we invited our good friend Tamar back to the podcast to just kind of have a little discussion and we just kind of wanted to share that with you guys. So here you go. So now we've got one of our very good friends joining us. You guys know her. She's been on the pod before, host of the Shipping Room podcast, and also now host of the BoobTube podcast. Did yeah. I say that right? Yes. Yeah. Tamar is here. Hello, Tamar. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So we wanted to loop Tamar in on the conversation here because – after all of the tweets that we had sent out this week and after the big discussion over Casey and Brett, it kind of spawned some talk between us about, you know, what are the rules here when it comes to shipping? Not that there are rules, but we kind of wanted to get into the details of it with Tamar. So Tamara, I feel like you just found out about Casey and Brett when we mentioned it to you this week. Is yeah, that so yeah, I've fallen off the Chicago wagon a bit, <laughs> all of them. Um, so I'm not caught up, but I, you guys texted me, and so now my understanding is that since Gabby left at the, it was the end of last season. Yeah. And what I don't know is what's the status of her? Are they are she and Casey now officially divorced, or she's just gone and he's sort of? What's the deal? It's both. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they are officially divorced. Yeah. Have yep. You see, so you didn't see any of this season, right? Correct. Okay. So basically, Correct. the first episode back, she comes on for like the last scene and. It's like their goodbye, and she like goes back to Puerto Rico. But since then, they've divorced, so it's like okay. official. She's in Puerto Rico for the time being. Okay, and so there's like- no comp. So there's no complication of Casey like having an extramarital relationship or like cheating on her. That's not part of the the discussion. No, so and good. he had a that makes things less. He had a fling like around mid season, but it was like a temporary like two or three episode thing it was like nothing so okay yeah they're like okay good okay so so yeah go ahead no i was gonna say i don't think as gina said i don't think there are rules in shipping what i do think is that there are rules to human decency and that sometimes those rules get broken in the conversation of of shipping wars if you will um, and so that's where, as a podcast, we always try to kind of steer the conversation that, like, 
absolutely you can feel hurt, absolutely you can feel upset and frustrated that a couple that you felt so invested in isn't together anymore, that the writers, you know, you may feel kind of did you wrong. That's all totally fine. Um, but then there gets to be this point where a line gets crossed where people who ship one couple, like, really, really abuse people who ship another couple or speak to them in a way that is really just not okay. And so that's always sort of what, what we aim to diffuse. And, and we try to make our podcast and the, the Twitter space of our podcast a very um, open space for all opinions and, and welcoming. And, you know, we always joked around that, like, obviously there were ships that were more popular than others. And, and you know, like Christine and I were big – uh, Lorelai and Christopher shippers on Gilmore Girls, which right. is not a popular opinion. Um, and so we used to get a lot of people who would give us a hard time about it, which is totally fine. Um, it just, you know, there. I think we all sort of know where that line is in terms of how we treat each other, and, and it gets crossed sometimes in this way that's not great. Right. I think for me, too, the thing that was missing from at least the conversation I was seeing on Twitter is that it's also okay if you at one point ship a character with one person and then ship that character with a different person later on of in a course. series. Because, of like, course. you know, I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, if you're a Bretonio fan, like, how can you be a fan of, and like, her with anyone else? And it's like, well, yeah, I really enjoyed Bretonio while it was on, but I also got to a point where I realized that, like, even before it was announced that John Seda was leaving, that, like, they were never going back to that just because it was too hard schedule wise and whatever and I was like okay like I'm upset I'm annoyed but like you know and that's why I'm still okay with like I'm now kind of on the Brett and Casey thing but like that's okay that I've shipped Brett and Antonio and now I ship Brett and Casey like it's totally okay for that to be a thing well yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not I'm not sure why we have different requirements for fictional characters than we do for ourselves it would be ridiculous in real life to date someone and to have a very successful relationship and then for whatever reason that relationship ends, whether it's circumstantial or through death or through something, you know, uncontrollable, whatever it is, and then to insist that you remain single the rest of your life because that relationship ended, that would be ridiculous. Right. Um, And I remember actually we did an episode of our show right before the Gilmore Girls reboot came on Mm -hmm. um, and – Ed Herman, who played Richard Gilmore, had died shortly before they filmed that reboot. And so he, it was a known thing that he wasn't going to be a part of this revival. And there were a lot of people who were like, Emily Gilmore better not have a romantic interest in the reboot. I don't want to see her with anyone except Richard. And I kind of kept saying to people, I don't understand that mentality. I appreciate loving Emily and Richard and all that they had for all the years that they had it. But how can you look at a person... And say, I loved you so much with your husband that I hope you're lonely and and sad the rest of your life. And that's not to say that there aren't people who choose to remain alone after their longtime partner dies because they're not interested or that's not a part of their life that they need fulfilled. And, and that's absolutely fine. But for outsiders to wish that upon someone seems really unfair. Like, who knows what Emily's going to want? Maybe companionship is really important to her. And the fact that she had a true love for 50 years shouldn't exclude her from spending the last decade or two of her life with someone who makes her happy. It's just kind of very short-sighted, in my opinion. Yeah. I think also the biggest thing I think 
and we asked, you know, like, I think part of the reason why we put it out on Twitter is because like, we really want to know. I think Gene and I are both on one side of it. So, like, we were really, like, we wanted to have, like, a open conversation about, like, why people aren't for them. And so I think a lot of the thing, too, is, like, you know, people are like, oh, well, he's moving on too fast. And it's like, you know, every character's different. Every show is different. Like, you know, maybe Casey's just ready. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things. It was just a lot of negativity in some spaces that was like, again, like you said, kind of also like practicing human decency. Like not everyone ships the same thing. That's okay. That's kind of what right, we right. Well, to. and that's, I think that's sort of the question is like, okay, so you're watching the show and you feel like Casey's moving on too fast and his relationship with Gabby just ended and what the hell is he doing? And not only is he moving on, but he's moving on to like one of her closest friends. Right. She worked with every day and it just feels icky and I mean, and then there's Brett and Antonio, and and she's moving on with his sister's ex-husband. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of of you know, sort of overlap and and, unco- and discomfort there. And I get that. And so you're watching it, and you're thinking, I am not down with this. I do not like this. That's fine. What then leads people to get on Twitter and start yelling at the people who are for it, or suggesting that the people who are for it either aren't really fans of the show? or aren't really fans of Casey and Gabby, or, you know, somehow assuming that because somebody's exact feelings don't line up with yours, they're not as genuine as you are in their original shipping. They're not as um, loyal to the show. Or, like, you know, it's just, it's so toxic, and I don't know why it gets to that point. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, we've all got the same purpose. If we're all listening to this pod, it's because we all like the Chicago shows. All of us. Same purpose. So, I mean, if you're on a sports team or something, you're not going to turn on your teammate, right? Why would you do that here? Why can't we? We can all just support each other and support our differences in opinion. You know, just because Brenna and I are, you know, all for Brett and Casey, it doesn't mean that we're anti the people who are anti them. Right. It just means it's a difference of opinion. Let me ask you a question in terms of the tweets that have come up because this I've seen very vocally um, with the Flash fandom, although it definitely exists in many other places. Has any of the conversation at all reflected on the fact that Gabby's a woman of color and Brett is a white woman and that and that one is being replaced with the other? Has that, that has that been is, brought up at all? That's a great question. Uh, something that I didn't even think of, but no, it hasn't actually. I, it I mean, also might be too new, and like, I mean, they're not even like officially together because, like, it's really only happened over the last like two episodes. Really, right. is like when this has started to like pop up and become a thing. So it might be too new, but I, yeah, I haven't even thought about that. But that's an interesting. Well, I think. I mean, I think this particular situation um, makes it is a little less complicated in certain ways because because the woman of color is the person who made the choice to leave the show. Right. So there's not as much room for feeling frustrated that the writers wrote off the black woman or, you know, what, you know, whatever it is, whatever the conversations sometimes are, or that, you know, on Roswell, there's a lot of conversation about Maria being pushed aside a lot, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's clearly coming from the powers that be, not from the actress herself. So I think the fact that Gabby chose to leave um, is uh, makes it a little bit easier to, to have that conversation and not feel like she was being marginalized as a character. Um, but I was just curious if, if any of your viewers had uh, mentioned that because 
that always kind of is in the back of my mind as something to look out for. No, and I think though, and this kind of gets into something too I wanted to ask you about, is like the fact that Monica chose to leave, you know, and like they didn't really know, like when they wrote this the end of last season, like they didn't, they kind of thought she was coming back. Like they wrote the end of last season thinking she was coming back and she's like, no, like I'm actually leaving. And so then they kind of, that's why they added that scene at the end of the first episode back to like give some kind of closure to that character. But I think that's also frustrated a lot of fans too, is because they're like, well, look what happened to the end of that relationship. And it's like, but that wasn't the plan originally. Like obviously it was part of their plan because, you know, they were trying to go somewhere with that story, but like they didn't think she was actually going to leave. It's a hard thing. I mean, writers' hands are tied sometimes. And producers' hands are tied, you know, in terms of what stories they can tell based on how much lead time and information they have from the people they're working with. And sometimes actors make last-minute decisions and writing staff have to catch up and find a way to write a feasible storyline that that accounts for the character leaving. So, I mean, that's hard to do. And it's certainly hard to do in a way that pleases everybody. Yeah. So... so I mean, and that sucks. And I, we actually did a whole episode of The Shipping Room about, like, when real-life circumstances ruin your right. ship, you know, and when, mm-hmm. like, an actor, like, gets a DUI and they end up firing him from the show or, like, I don't know. Like, imagine people – I don't know anything about Empire these days. Oh, but, like, yeah, imagine yeah. you were shipping – imagine you were shipping a relationship that Jesse Smollett's character was in and it's, like, then he went and fucked up his whole career and he's not going to be on the show anymore and, like, that sucks because you can't then tell these stories honestly and stay true to these stories – because the characters, the actors who play them aren't available anymore. So that that definitely complicates things. Do you – so we got this question from a listener. We were going to talk about it, but I'll ask it to you. Like, from our listener, Vicky, she said, like, what responsibilities do writers have to fans of a ship when an actor leaves, if any? Like, do you think there is some kind of responsibility or, like – Okay. So – I'm very careful with my words. I def- I don't think that writers have any responsibilities to their fans or to the shippers. I think writers' job, the job of writers is to tell the stories that they think need to be told. And when a show gets started and there's, you know, conceptually an idea, um, I think it's important that writers stay true to that story. Um, and, of course, those stories live and breathe and evolve also – um, and, and I don't mean that, like, whatever idea you had on day one, you have to stick with. I just mean that you have to stay true to what you think the characters, you know, is true for the characters. Um, that being said, I think that writers do have an obligation not to be, you know, race-baity or, um, or uh, you know, not to bait their, their fandom in any way. You know, not to suggest that a certain couple is going to get together. Especially, I don't mean not to suggest it on the show. I think, you know, whatever happens within the confines of the show is one thing. But it gets sticky when you end up having social media campaigns or, you know, like the official the official accounts tweet out or post on Instagram with kind of things that nudge you in that direction or give you the idea that like a ship is being thought about and then they kind of veer you away. I think, you know, in those cases, I think writers and and production staff have to be careful about how they bait their audience. 
that to me is when it comes to fandom that to me is the obligation of of the studios and the, the people working for the shows is not to bait the audience into you know getting them excited that a gay relationship is happening that isn't really happening um or that a you know that that a person of color is going to have more of a role in something than they are like i think i think that to be really careful about that in terms of the messaging but when a ship that has a lot of fans breaks up i don't really think the writers have any responsibility to the fans i mean they have to deal with the fact that a character who was a major part of the story they were telling isn't there anymore and they have to figure out how to tell stories that they think provoke response and make a difference and matter and like the fact that there are some people crying about the breakup of Gabby and Casey like really shouldn't be part of what they consider when they're when they're writing their stories and the other thing I think everyone needs to remember is that, believe it or not, when you look at the numbers of people that watch Chicago Fire every week, and I don't know what the numbers are, 10 million people watch Chicago Fire every week, let's say, like 2% of them, maybe 3% of them are on Twitter, you know? And I think we forget that. And it feels like all your fans are upset about this and all your fans are angry about this and how could you not care when your entire fan base feels this way? And it's like, it's not. It's not their entire fan base. It's the very, 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 very vocal fan base. It's the very, very, very frustrated and passionate fans. But there are millions of people across this country who are watching Chicago Fire every week because they like watching these firefighters fight fires. And they don't care at all about Casey and Gabby breaking up. And it just, we forget that because... That's not who we're constantly in the echo chamber with watching Twitter and watching these responses. But if you think about what the writer's responsibility is, they have an entire fan base at large that isn't necessarily represented by this small percentage of loud people on Twitter. So it would also be kind of crazy to respond immediately to the voices on Twitter because that isn't necessarily the vast majority of their, their viewers. So that's also something to consider when you think about, like, how could they be ignoring us? Like, we've been telling them this is upsetting us for all this time. It's like, I don't know that you're actually representative of the entire audience. So I, I think about that sometimes, too. I agree with you on that one, that the writers don't really have a responsibility when it comes to shipping and, you know, things like that. I think the only time the writers may have an obligation or a responsibility is when a show is ending because then th that's going to be our last time to see these characters in this universe. You know, definitely, you know, I think they have a responsibility to do the show justice, you know, um, any show really, not just the Chicago's. Um, I think that's really, you know, that's important. But it's also a really slippery slope if writers and the creative teams behind these shows start catering to what the fans want. Oh, the it's a terrible, they can't do it. They can't They can't, it. no. Mm -hmm. The most recent example I can think of is the trailer that came out for the live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. And people were in such an uproar about live action Sonic because he looked kind of terrifying. And I agree. But apparently the outcry on social media was so bad that the creative team was like, no, we're going to revisit this. Don't worry, we're going to fix it. No, that's a, that's the worst precedent precedent you could possibly set. That's it's a slippery slope. It's dangerous. It would change the whole nature of the medium, right? In a bad well, way. I mean, well, there there is there is a flip side to this, which yeah. is that sometimes writers and creatives lose track of 
tropes that they're falling into or, you know, bad, just bad storylines that have racist undertones or sexist undertones that they're not noticing. I mean, if you look at and, you know, we were all at ATX together and we know that they had that huge panel on Bury Your Gaze. And that was a huge problem that was happening, you know, and to bring it to the Chicago shows, you know, lesbians were getting killed off at a ridiculous rate, you know, and, and you have a show that was literally about firefighters, about a bunch of dudes running into buildings every week when they were on fire. And who did they choose to kill? The gay EMT, right? That's the character they chose to be like the big, and, and, and look, were they able to give reasons why like was she connected to she was very connected to to severide she was very connected to gabby her death led to stories you know and and growth and evolution opportunities for a lot of characters did it make sense from a storytelling perspective yeah it did but you have to consider the larger picture of what's happening on the landscape of television and Killing a lesbian character, the only lesbian character, the only LGBTQ representative on your show, when anybody else could have died and led to grieving stories and evolution stories, was a bad call. And and other shows have made similar mistakes. And the outcry on social media really is why writers started paying attention and noticing that this was a problem. So I think that the, I think it's a good thing that the audience can hold writers accountable for errors in judgment and, and mistakes and, and, and falling into and continuing to perpetuate tropes that are harmful. So in that respect, I think there's a positive. But yeah, you can't just like start making changes and, and changing things, you know, and just turning things around and, and responding immediately to whatever's happening on social media. Because also, so like everyone on social media changes their minds. And by the way, I wrote an article four years ago maybe, whenever Patrick Dempsey's character got killed off of Grey's Anatomy. I wrote I wrote an article that was literally about how the writers of Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy owed the fans better. And that after, you know, a decade of staying with this show to, like, wipe out Derek and, and Meredith was just really disrespectful to the fans. I kind of don't agree with myself anymore. I've, I've done some soul searching. I don't think that's necessarily the best take. What I do think, though, and this is definitely not popular as far as opinions go, but what I do think the real, for me, the real upsetting thing about Grey's Anatomy is, is that I do think that Derek and Meredith were the sort of centerpiece of that show. And I, as a viewer, would have wanted that to end better. And so for me, the lesson is that shows don't need to be on the air for 15 years. I just, I just think that because you're dealing with actor schedules and you're dealing with all kinds of other outside things, it's impossible to tell a story and keep all the the, the key people together for that much time. It just it, it isn't possible. And so for me, and I mean, look, they're doing, I mean, Supernatural is its own beast and they, you know, those guys like agreed to stick with it and they all, you know, they stayed together and there weren't, you know, we're only talking about two or three guys. It's not like a cast of however many. Um, but so for me, like, I would have been happier. And by the way, I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy a long time ago. So, you know, I know there are people who feel like it's reached, it's it's kind of gotten better and better. And I know they just got renewed for another two years. Um, and, you know, good for them. And um, But but for me personally, as a viewer of television, I'd rather my shows, you know, max out at seven seasons and tell me a full, complete story of the characters that I started with rather than 
going on for twice that long and bringing in all new people and watching, you know, having to watch these people. Because it's true, in real life, when you lose certain people in your life, you find others. And if your husband dies, you, you know, a lot of times people are able to move on. And that's great. And I don't begrudge the characters that. It's just not necessarily what I always want to see for my television characters. I sometimes want to just see the people I started with end together. And I think if you stay on the air too long, it just becomes impossible for that to happen. Yeah. That's sort uh, of a side note. But anyway, um, so to answer the original question, I don't think writers owe the viewers anything. I do think um, – oh, and I should say that I, I don't think the writers owe the viewers anything when a decision was out of their control. So like when an actor leaves and the writers are kind of stuck to pick up the pieces and figure it out, I certainly don't think that while they're doing that, they should also be worried about what the shippers are going to be thinking. I, I definitely don't think that. It's a little bit different when a character leaves the show because the writers decided to shake things up. You know, it's different to me when a character gets killed off or sent away or whatever it is because the writers were like, you know what? I think this would be interesting if Peter Mills wasn't here next season. So let's move him off to North Carolina or whatever. That's different to me because that that is – that came out of that, – that wasn't um, – that wasn't initiated by an outside circumstance that they couldn't control. That was a choice that they made. And so, look, I think writers make choices that are crazy and hard in order to further storytelling. But at that point, if you're just going to kind of make a random choice about who to, you know, what to do, I do think you have to consider how your audience is going to respond, if only because without them you don't have a show. So you sh- I do think it's worth considering how upset, how angry your audience is going to be because there are decisions like that that will just take a majority of an audience and get them to stop watching a show. So, yeah, I think yeah. I think even like bringing it back to one Chicago just as a whole, I think it'll be really interesting to see. And we will never know the truth, but like in regards to the news with Colin leaving and Norma leaving and with John leaving, like how those stories will wrap up in these last two episodes, like will fans be satisfied, will they not? Like was that a writer's decision? Were that was it on the actors? Like I think obviously we'll never really know the like behind the scenes stuff, but like I think it'll be right, interesting right. to see kind of even further with different shows within the same universe, like how that'll go for like all those three characters. Cause right now I think fans based on speculation and promos and stuff, I think fans aren't really happy with any of it so far for any of the characters. But like obviously we haven't seen the last two episodes, but I think it'll be interesting to see where those go in the next like couple right. weeks. Right. I mean, look, these shows have lost a lot of big characters in the last three years. You know, starting yeah. with Sophia leaving, and now Gabby's leaving, and Monica's leaving, and and you know, so PD's lost Aaron, and now Antonio. Those are two of, like the major original players. Yeah. Um, and they lost Elias last year too. PD oh did. right. Oh right. Yeah. And in like a really really tragic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now with John leaving and then Colin and Norma over on Med, like it's a there's a lot of transition, but you know. I really doubt that we'll be satisfied with the character exits just because and I hate to always bring this back to sports, but it's the only thing that makes sense in my mind, but in soccer when you have penalty kicks, really they're not designed for the goalie to be able to save them. 98% of penalty kicks are going to go in. Maybe like 1% of the time is a goalie going to be able to save it. And I feel like that's how it is when a character exits. They're not set up to, they're not set up for success, basically. If you've got a major character who's leaving, 
in the middle of, you know, whatever they're doing, 97, 98% of the time you're going to hate it. Maybe 2% of the time is it going to be done proper justice. Right. Right. I mean, right. No, and if a character you love is leaving, even if it's done well, you're going to be sad about it and frustrated by it. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter if they tell a good story with it. I think, you know, sometimes you get lucky and two characters leave at the same time. And so you can, like, watch your ship right off into the sunset. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, or you have, like, an ER situation where Clooney comes back so that Juliana Margulies can have her last episode with him. Um, And those are really rare and special moments. Or, I mean, look, Shameless did an amazing one last year, although you can't even go by that because they're both coming back now. So I, like, don't – I feel like nothing is sacred (laughs) and nothing is final and I have whatever. Anyway. um, So – yeah, I mean, it's really hard, but I think that the the digital age has left audience members with this idea that writers are listening to them and are creating these ships for them, and they are, it's true, but that, but there's a there's an error in terms of what that means on the back end, in terms of the, the what's owed to them by these writers, and the answer is really nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. So I had a question off of that, and now I'm totally blanking. That's what we get for recording in the morning. Um, (laughs) So, okay, so from a character standpoint, let's delve into this from a character standpoint a little bit. I think a lot of the hang-up here is because Brett, you know, well, not Brett, um, Casey was married to Gabby's best friend, and Brett also dated her best friend's brother. So I think a lot of the hang-up there is almost kind of a girl code type discussion. But in my opinion, Gabby's gone. Matt even said in an episode that he hasn't spoken to Gabby in months. So I almost kind of feel like the girl code obligation is obligation is kind of like out the window. I mean, where do you what do you think about this character wise? Do you think it's weird that, you know, it's her best friend's ex-husband or I mean, where's the line between like you know, oh, yeah, that is my best friend's ex-husband, and moving on. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not watching it currently, so I am not colored by my own emotional response in terms of Mm -hmm. watching it and being like, oh, like, if I were just thinking about this, it would probably bother me, but I'm kind of into it watching it. So, you know what I mean? And I think that happens sometimes with television and with shipping. So I'm only hearing about this sort of from a cerebral point of view and not from an emotional one. So to me, on paper, it's not great, you know? I mean, in the real world, there are, you know, tons of people out there to to move on from an old relationship with. Mm -hmm. On On television, there's a limited number of regular characters who you have the opportunity to do that with. And on a show like Chicago Fire, there are clearly fewer women than men. So the the pool is even smaller. Um, look, I think it's an interesting question why the writers decided that this would be the direction it went in. Certainly they could have brought in somebody to be Matt Casey's love interest that wasn't Sophie Brett, Sylvie Brett, clearly, but they chose not to. So I'm not sure why. I don't know if there was like one episode where they saw like a chemistry situation between the two of them and they were like, Ooh, that would be interesting and complicated. Let's do that. Um, I, I haven't, in this case, I happen to really understand why there's audience, why there's negative response. It does feel like there's a lot of complicating factors. So, again, I'm not sure why they chose to do it. But you guys are watching it. 
And that added layer that complicates shipping all the time is when you have these thoughts in your head that you're like, I don't understand why they would do that and I don't I don't like it and she's his wife's, you know, best friend and he's blah, 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 blah. But then you're watching it and you're like, and yet, I think, I, I don't know, like there's something about this and they're together and I'm kind of into it and I see the chemistry and there's a spark and, and, that, and that's I think a lot of what happens with television and shipping and, and rooting for couples. So, just from not watching it and not having that, I feel a little bit weird about it. Yeah. But, Tamar- but, I, but I can't, I certainly can't, you know, hold anyone. I can't, I can't say anything negative about anyone who, who's into it. Cause Lord knows I've been into things that are <laughs> questionable. Kind of going off that since it's not necessarily so character specific. Cause one of the, like, I guess complaints I've seen about this whole situation too, is just that like, it seems like when you have characters constantly hooking up with each other, regardless of, like, whether that's someone's ex-best friend or whatever, like, all those things, mm-hmm. that it just becomes too soap opera and that, like, that's kind of an issue. But I'm also, like, my, I guess my first response to that would be, like, but it's also television. And that, like, they... Well, what, what, uh, what would lead somebody to think this isn't a soap opera? Well, that, too. And also, like, for me, it's just, like, that's television, and that's, like, they can't always bring in new characters. Like, every time someone wants to have a new relationship, like, they can't always bring in new characters. Like, that's just, like... Right. Of course not, but also, like, these shows are 100% primetime soap operas. Right. Like, I mean, that's what they are. They're, like, melodrama. I mean, like, I mean, look, firefighters are, their lives are dramatic, no question. But, like, the situations that they create for their show are, like, hella dramatic. And it's every week, like, you know, fire after fire, relationship after relationship. And I don't even mean just, like, the fires. It's, like, right. the, you know, all the scandals and the political stuff and the back room. You know, I mean, like, Casey's gotten himself into, like, ridiculous situations with, like, mobsters and whatever. <laughs> so I feel like... It, this stuff is, I mean, it is, a, like, you can't right. watch these shows and also try and, like, find a place for them in realism. Right. It's not really, you know? It, these They are. There's drama. And, yeah, I mean, they are all hooking up with each other. That's that's the thing. And it does get, again, when you're on the show, when you're on the air for eight years, like, you do sort of run out of, right. of matchups, you know? And if characters leave, your options dwindle even further. So... I, I definitely, I, look, it must have been, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for the discussion in the writer's room when they first pitched the idea of Brett and and Casey because it's it's tricky. It definitely, they had to know there were going to be people who were like, what the fuck is happening here? And this doesn't feel right. Um, do I think, to answer Gina's question, that Girl Code gets suspended? Um, yeah. Probably if if somebody really disappears and their relation and your friendship with them really ends, do I think you have some unwritten rules? Like no, there's no rule that you can't hook up with their ex husband if they're really gone forever. Um, but of course, that's fairly convenient for the show's purposes. Like knowing what we know about Gabriella Dawson, why would she disappear from Brett's life? It, it doesn't like it doesn't make sense. Right. Like really, she would. Even if she and Matt weren't really in touch because they just got divorced and that's like an awkward thing, 
why would why would she not still be like texting with Brett from Puerto Rico or emailing or you know checking in on Facebook or whatever you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, the, I don't really understand how it's in line with Gabby's character that she picked up to go do this thing in Puerto Rico and completely lost track with the rest of her life except that it's way more convenient that way because right and they had to you know like write her out like that yeah right so I think if you're a Gabriella Dawson fan that's frustrating right you know that all of a sudden this character who was a loyal friend and who was a good you know girlfriend and wife although that's probably debatable um you know disappeared and now like doesn't even know how to check in and and call people you know because I think if Gabby and Brett were still very much in touch with each other this storyline wouldn't work Right. And and Brett would have a lot more hang-ups about it. Although, I don't know. She's probably struggling with it even so, I imagine. Um, so, that, like, I get it. I get being frustrated by that. And, I, again, I don't know why the writers decided to go this way, except that they thought these two people had good chemistry and that it would make a good love story. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But, but, but bottom line for me is, like, I totally understand why people were frustrated by it. I also totally understand why people who are watching it are like, huh, this kind of works. And there has to be a way for those two camps to coexist. Yeah, for sure. And I'm curious to see, because we're having Derek on, I'm really curious to see if he'll say anything about, like, what that decision was or when they made that decision, because I know. Let me see if I can find that tweet, because I'm telling you, I saw him answer a tweet, and then... Oh, yeah. And then you guys told me about this, that this was happening, and I was so confused because his tweet... I mean, obviously. The one where he was like, uh, yeah, to, like that. It was like a bunch of like ellipses, like that one. Well, yeah, because someone was like, here, well, Casey and Brett get together. And he was like, I mean, he was married to her best friend and she dated his ex-wife's brother. So, I mean, that would, why would, how could. So I read that like completely out of context. And I assumed that that was him being like. I also did so when I say out of context, like I didn't know that that question. Oh right, was 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 um like actually because of some thing was happening sparked because yeah. of what was going on on the show. Right. So his I saw his answer, and I what I thought when I saw that out of context was that he was saying to this person, "No way, you're insane. What is what a weird question to ask. Who would do that?" But as it turns out, the question was because it was clearly like starting to happen. And his response, see, if I were a person who was frustrated by the by the pairing, his response would have made me very frustrated. Because it feels like he understands why people are angry about it. And it doesn't really matter. Which is fine. Just to put that out on Twitter would have, would have like, made me frustrated for sure. So I, I, I mean, and I don't even know what he was trying, I guess he's, I guess when he answers these questions, he trolls. he's like trying to be like elusive and like not actually give anything away and. Well, he likes like, to troll. He likes to yeah. joke with people and stuff. So I think that was definitely that response, but yeah, I'll be curious to see what he has to say if we, if we'll, if he'll even answer us when we talk to him later this week, because I know I want to talk about this, so. Yeah. yeah, well, that should be fun. But I think at the end of the day, there are no rules to shipping. None. Zip zilch. No rules. And we can all have different opinions and still coexist, is the moral of the story. I mean, 
And I mean, just going back to what you were saying, Tamara, about how you wrote the article about Patrick Dempsey. And then, you know, in the years since you've kind of walked it back just because, you know, you've grown, you know, you've changed in ways that you've kind of realized like, okay, wait, maybe that wasn't the best take. That's exactly how it is with these shows that go on for seasons and seasons. And, you know, people come and go and, you know, romances happen and don't happen and things like that. You grow as a person and, you know, opinions change over time. And that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, Tamar, any last-minute thoughts on Brett and Casey or, you know, the whole shipping of it overall? No. I, I mean, I think I, I don't have any, really. I just I hope everyone can find a way to be nice to each other. And you can be – and by the way, like – for me, it's also about turning on other fans. Like, you can be as angry as you want at the writers of Chicago Fire. You can be as frustrated as you want that they decided to take a couple that you loved and found sacred and to kind of desecrate it by putting him with her old best friend. That's fine. Like, I don't, I honestly, I have, I have no problem with that. But that doesn't then mean that you have to take it out on, well, first of all, I do think there's like a, there's a line to how you should approach writers on on social media also I don't just because you're angry doesn't mean I think you should like be nasty a but I also think like that anger shouldn't be misdirected toward the people who do like the cut the pairing do you know what I mean like yeah that's I just because I am rooting for Brett and Casey doesn't mean that I it was my idea or that like I wouldn't be happier if Gabby was still around like I would it just that isn't what's happening so you know what I mean so I just think like aim your fire in the right direction and then also, while you're aiming that fire, don't uh, don't harass writers on Twitter and, and make them feel that because it's just they're doing their job. And if you don't like it, you could watch something else. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Anytime, Tamara, anytime. Right. And we will see you in about just under a month now. Yep. At ATX. Oh, God, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I know. So excited. So excited. All righty, so, cool. ladies. Have a good weekend. We will. Hey, Tamar, before you go, where can we find you? Oh, my gosh. I'm all over the place. Um, so my personal Twitter is WriterTQB. So that's W-R-I-T-E-R-T-Q-B. And then my new show, BoobTube Podcast, which is a series of interviews with women in television, is BoobTube Podcast on Twitter. Um, and then also the Shipping Room is Shipping Room Pod on Twitter. So you can find me in all those places. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of this conversation or anything further. So come find me. Let's chat. Absolutely. So Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Thank You're always you. welcome on. Thank and you. And I'm sure we will talk soon. Sounds See good. you soon, friend. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, friend. <laughs>